Hello, and welcome back to a new episode of the Between Two Tales podcast. This is episode 18. My name is Kevin. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. Appreciate you all for tuning back in and listening to us create another story. Appreciate all the newcomers coming along and listening and tuning in too. But just so uh, if you guys don't know, Dave wants to explain to them how the show works. Yes. And for all the newcomers to our show, what you're about to witness is proof that you can generate a story concept an hour and a half. That's right. One hour and a half. That's the time on the clock out of five random words. Why are we doing this? Well, I already said to prove that it can be done. But on a more serious note, a lot of times writers think that they have to wait for this great strike of inspiration to hit their head and or they have to read something that gives them inspiration or, you know, the amount of reasons to write are plentiful. And those are not necessarily bad reasons to write. You, so An idea could hit your head and you really want to write about it. It's great. What we're going to show is that you can take the idea, outline it in an hour and a half, no matter what, just push forward, knowing that it won't be perfect. And that's okay. It's an outline. Outline it, get it done, write it, and you'll revise it. And then on top, like I already said, you're going to see us do it from five random words. So in case you're one of those folks who has no idea what they want to write about, but you know, you want to write something, you can generate five random words as well, and then come up with a story just as you're about to see us do. And maybe it's something that's interests you enough to where you want to keep developing it. And if it's not, that's okay. Write another story with five random words. I think, you know, for us, this is episode 18. So we look back on all 17 and there's a handful that we say, you know what, that might deserve a second look in another development run. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Now we have all of that work done where we can say, let's dig into this concept a little bit more. Don't know what you have until you put it out there. That's right. And I think you're short selling yourself. If you don't think you can come up with ideas out of the blue, just give yourself some constraints and you never know what you'll be able to come up with. And at the end of this segment, we'll compare our story to an AI generated story. We're going to give an AI tool called ChatGBT the same prompts that we have to see what kind of story they come up with and just compare good old human creativity versus AI creativity. And last episode, you know, the AI said the spy gets a block of cheese as a reward. And it just immediately lost after that. Yep. But it was funny. Very got, funny. Yeah, I got points for humor. <laughs> Very funny. But uh, so far, I'd say the AI hasn't been able to hold a candle to any of the stories that we generated. But it's getting better. Well, last episode seems like a regression. But it definitely get, it gets better. It depends on the prompts. I think last episode's prompts was kind of hard. Right, right. And on top of the words that we're generating today, we're going to throw another monkey wrench in there. We're going to generate two random pictures. We're going to include those pictures as imagery within the world, within our story itself. Last week, we had pomegranate and some random observatory that Dave and I had to spend a couple of minutes Googling on where this place was That's and just right. have that as a scene within our story. So with that being said... Let's generate these words. Okay, okay. The timer is ready. We'll start the timer once we get our two images. 
Yep. So. All right. Star. Worm. Okay. Gown. Issue. Lack. Interesting. Feeling good about these. Interesting. The worm. That's an interesting wrench in those other words. All right, let's generate some pictures. Some pictures. Yeah, see Random. Generate. What do we got? And I'll start with a lime. Start the clock. A lime and lemon? Lime and lemons. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll take it. Lemon, lime. Someone drinks a Sprite. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Star. So, worm. You know, worm is interesting because besides just the actual worm, as if this person is going fishing, it can also be used as an insult. You can call someone a worm. That's right. And so that might be more interesting. Just another way to use it or as That's a true. or whatever. Gown. I think of nightgown right away. Or a gown to, an, to a big event. That's yeah. also true. Issue, lack, star. So, okay. Something I was telling you right before we hopped on here is I was listening to Whitney Houston. Uh, yep. And I'm like, okay. Uh, now, I'm not saying we write a Whitney Houston story. No. Because that's already been done. It just came out not too long ago. But you have things like star, lack of talent, maybe. Gown, big event. Worm is an insult. Issue, plenty. Whatever it is, plenty. Star, we can rap star, you know. Obviously, there's the physical star that no one has yet to touch. But stars, night sky. And then there's a star as far as talent and ah, uh, so superstar. on. Superstar. Superstar of some sort. Yeah. A superstar worm. Worm. I drink sprites all the time, I guess. <laughs> and then we got the lemon and, and the lime. Singers, singers will put... I don't know if they put lemon and lime in there. I know they drink tea in order to like keep their voice ready. Probably put some lemon in there. Some syrup. Maybe put some lemon in there just to kind of get everything. Maybe it's like Sprite. I don't know. You got a tummy ache and they drink Sprite to calm it down. Just like what I had to do a few weeks ago. That's right. So I'll throw out an idea. Okay. Super basic. I'll throw out two ideas, both basic because okay. it's pretty much the same thing. A singer who's trying to make it as a singer, ups and downs, through those trials, through those, all those issues, you know, whether they get gypped, you know, making deals, getting lied to, getting the raw end of some deals, could add drug use, drug abuse, could add, you know, it's a singer, could be a rapper, could be gang related. Maybe they're from a gang, like it was from like 1990s, thinking Biggie, Tupac, you know, all those folks. Snoop could also be an actor. I mean, the talent is talent. This is like the showbiz, one way or another. There's multiple types of showbiz. Yep. And uh, same kind of rough idea. Well, I'll put that on top of the mantle, super basic. Okay. Let's see where we either go from there or do something completely different. Let me see. They were a singer. What are some interesting stakes that they would have to sing for? I mean, it could be personal stakes. It could be, you know, to get themselves out of poverty or whatever. It could be a competition. It could be they just want to be the biggest star. 
in their field, you know, a lot, but a lot of times I think it comes, it stems from like, you know, it's a passion, but also trying to get out of their current economic situation. Right. 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 Yeah. But you know, it kind of changes because it's like, I feel like when it comes to like being a star or whatever, you run into these things where in your mind, it's like, okay, once I put forth this work, enough people love it or like it, whatever. And I build this fandom, et cetera, et cetera, that life will just become, will be easier. And it's like trading one set of problems for another set of problems is probably way more realistic. Current set of problems deal with more so not having resources. When you get to a certain place in life, you know, as we're talking about a superstar, you have the resources. The problem is you have too many resources. And so certain things are offered to you that aren't actually good for you. You have to make decisions that have a high impact on your life, on your career, et cetera. So navigating that is something that would be a part of this, whether it be, you know, from rags to riches, if it's a rapper or a certain type of rapper, navigating rags to riches while, you know, trying to deal with gang or street related activity to you know, not end up dead pretty much, or not catch the envy of someone else who wants what you have and is willing to kill for it. Right. Those are some of the things that like the stakes will evolve. It's like overall get to a good place and then there's different parts that make it very difficult and it doesn't actually look the way you think it is at the end because getting raw deals with these long hours, time away from family and friends, no real relationships in the beginning, just because you don't have the time you're flying out everywhere. It's hard to like make a steady relationship. And then on top of that, you can have these other issues, whether it be family members killed or something or something, something they have to come do that, et cetera. All right. I got two lines of thoughts to add on top of yours and just out of the world kind of lines one, literally. Okay. Let's see the one star. Maybe it's like a set of the progression to a star. If you look at it from a redemption arc, maybe I, I'm, I was thinking of Bruce Willis, who okay. was an act, you know, he's a star actor, Yeah, but he's losing his voice. He can't, can no longer act. Right. He can't right. do that anymore. I think it's his memory, but yeah. No, I think it's his voice. It's his voice. Yeah. Well, something with the brain, but yeah, yeah. He can't act anymore. So it's like a regression. Yeah. So could be a young <laughs> up and coming star. They get uh, Bruce Willis has. Yeah. Just to lose their voice and now they can't Ooh. sing anymore. Now they got to do something else. That's tough. It That's could tough. be right when they're about to hit stardom yeah. and they get the, this happens or right when they already hit their peak and they mm. kind of have to cruise along for the rest of their life. The other one yeah, okay. is, a, is a star singer in this made up world. They need people to fight and he gets drafted. He gets taken out of it. Like, like military forces. Yeah, it's some, some space wars type of thing going yeah. on in this universe. Yeah, okay. He gets drafted, he taken out of his fellow. Exactly. Oh, really? That's where you're going? All right. Yeah, he uses his talent to, you know, bring morale up when they're getting in the midst of battle and everyone's down. That's interesting. 
We're both they're both interesting for different reasons. I think military forces and like you know we put it as space wars, but like you know it's you know as they say war is hell, right? So you know while that's going on, he's in, he's providing some entertainment. I'm thinking of like Elvis or something, but you know even Shaggy. Whoa, I'm about to hit people with a left turn, but Shaggy, the reggae singer, was. It wasn't me. It wasn't. Was he was in the U.S. Marines, and he would sing for his fellow Marines, and that's kind of what got him started because he didn't. He wasn't taking it serious. Oh, I didn't know that. It was just for fun. Yeah, there's an interesting video on YouTube, right? But he wasn't taking it serious. It was just for fun. And he kept singing, it and they're like, they enjoyed it. They asked him to keep singing, and he did. And when he got out of the Marines, he decided to try to make something of it. So it could be that too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it could be something like that, you know, where it's like. Depends on the trajectory on how we want to make this person's life. They can either be comfortable and pull them into hell, and then you have to survive. The Bruce Willis idea is heartbreaking. Why don't you find out exactly what he has? Yeah. He actually. Bruce Willis. Yeah. So it's some kind of dementia type thing. It's a aphasia. Yeah, aphasia has to do with throat. I'm pretty sure. He's been diagnosed with front frontal front. temporal dementia. I think he's forgetting how to. Either he, it sounds like he's either forgetting how to talk or he's forgetting. Well, aphasia. He's having a problem trying to formulate words. I don't know how aphasia works, but. I've met a doctor with aphasia and basically mm. you try to, you can still try, you can still make out words, but you like, you stutter a lot and I think you lose, like, you don't really have much control of your throat muscles. Mm. So you have a hard time, like your brain wants to say something, but you have a hard time getting that word out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. I found something here. I mean. I think what you said is a little bit more in depth, but it was saying aphasia is a language disorder that can impact individual speaking and writing compre- and comprehension disorder caused by damage to areas of the brain responsible for expression and comprehension. Okay. You know, it's funny. I don't know if you watch Kill Tony, the comedy podcast. I can't but, say that. But they've been, they've had a regular recently and it's a guy with cerebral palsy and he can't talk. So all his jokes are text to speech. Oh, I, I is it real life? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I saw that on TikTok. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. been blowing up. Yeah. He's really funny. So maybe if we do go with that storyline, maybe the dude becomes a comedian, or <laughs> from a singer to a comedian. I think or okay. he was already a comedian, and then he was already a comedian. Now he does text to speech comedy. <laughs> so like that has a silver line. Like that's more silver lining than a singer who then has this problem as they're on their uprise. Like that's just stating like that to me is a sadder story. That's just like, it ends. I think it ends tragically. You know, sometimes it's okay to have a tragic story. He gets shot. Maybe by themselves, maybe from themselves, but it is one's more of like a darker, sadder story. And I mean, it could be anything, right? I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about singers and stuff like that. It could be like Gordon Ramsay as Parkinson's and can't cook anymore, you know, cause this can't handle knives. Cause 
fans that's actually true. Yeah, like, yeah. But that you know, and that still has a silver lining in a sense. Because, well, that's terrible, but you could be a Gordon Ramsay, open up restaurants. You know, you still you can still taste food, and you can hire people that can cook. So it's like you have to shift what you do, and then going through that. All right, wrong with it. Let's go. We're going with a cook. Oh, we're going with the chef. The menu. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes, chef. Star chef. Oh, if it's good, you know, it's funny. As soon as you say star chef and you see the word worm, I was like, I feel like that's an insult that Gordon Ramsay has said and called someone probably a maggot. Probably like called, he called people idiot sandwiches. <laughs> probably call him a worm sandwich. <laughs> you maggot. I mean, that's easy. Yeah. But let's probably called someone about. that before. You're a can of worms. You've opened a can of worms. All right. Oh, yeah, so. The expression. That's right. Yeah. The, the expression. So I'm going with a female star chef. Female okay. star chef. She slipped some worms into a very uh, rude patron's food. Let's get some names. Gordine. A very, a very rude person's food and just dumps the whole can of worms in there. Or maybe she, you know, I've seen so, those survival videos where they eat some worms out of the coconut tree. Where is she, Kevin? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. We haven't Jade. figured that out yet. Eva, Jade, Brittany, Karen. So are we going up with a sh- we're going with a chef that yeah. gets Parkinson's yeah. or something? Something loses her hands. Loses the ability to control. Yeah, Parkinson's. Why not? All right. Early onset Parkinson. Yeah. All right. Chef with early onset Parkinson's. Now, is this a young chef? I think so. I think, you know, when we say young, I'll say like early 30s. That's very young for Parkinson's. But yeah. I mean, she has to still be up and coming and like, but good enough. It can happen, I'm pretty sure. What's that guy? It definitely could happen. Michael J. Fox, I think. I'm pretty sure he had it early. Yeah. Or like it began early. Yeah, yeah. I know in one of the Back to the Future films, he was deploying some tactics in order to help himself get through it. But it was still early, like, you know. Yeah. Oh. Olivia, Nadia, Rosemary. Maybe, Rose. she's, maybe her name is Rosemary and she likes to use Rosemary. Rose. Rose. Chef Rose. Angelica White. Angelica White. Rosemary Black, Nadia Poole, Rosemary Black, Nadia Poole, Elaine Jenkin, Olivia Ruiz, Wilda, Georgia, Tyler, Misty, Felicia, Trina, Audrey, Queen, Daisy, Sapphire, Tasha, Daisy, Sapphire. What kind of chef is she? She make her a French chef? That's a good question. American. I'll make her American. All right. Americans can cook too, you know. Bobby Flay. No, to all you French watching, you're probably disagreeing with that. That's okay. It's the reason why we're one of the fattest populations on earth. I think Mexico overtook us though. I love me some burritos and tacos. And, That's right. I'll do both. You know, all that good stuff. Chelsea. Veronica, how's the name? Estelle. I never met a person named Estelle before, but all right. Well, Estelle it is. Estelle. Estelle. Chef Estelle. I don't think we need a name, right? Estelle Cook. 
Uh, now, what is she known for cooking? It's like regular gourmet food. Is she a pastry chef? Desserts? I feel like, what do you need your hands well, more you gotta for? You got to be able to cut filet. I mean, pastry, you have to, oh, but pastry, you're doing like a cake, and they start to do that. Like, I could never do it. Like, I don't, even, I don't have Parkinson's. I still shake too much. When they get with the icing, and then they do like the- Oh, they pipette the icing? Yeah. Yeah, like that's- that seems hard to do even when you have regular, like, no problems. Like, I don't know how they do it so steadily. Like, I, I would be a mess. Like, I'd just be like, all forms, you really do need your hands. She says she cooks regular, just cuisine. It's yeah. like good food. All right. Estelle. Italian. She Maybe she's good at, you know, proficient in all or, like, a decent amount. But her specialty... Is Italian, she needs, say. she needs a special dish. Maybe well, it's a handmade pasta and she can no longer make it no more. Handmade. You gotta knead the dough, do all that. Maybe she's like an expert in Japanese cuisine and she can't hold the sticks anymore in order to do the final detailing work and all that other stuff. Sushi, yeah, yeah you gotta work with the knife, sharp knife, and you know, get that fish. Like, fish, fish can be hard to do even when you know, when you have no problems. Like, that's. You know, fish slippery. A lot of fish have worms in them too. So you cut, wow. she cuts it out, forgets the worms. Here, this man go. Um, She'll use a worm in a sushi roll. <laughs> I mean, it could be interesting like that. It could also be. Would you say Italian? I mean, I'm down for either. She could be a master of Japanese cuisine or Italian cuisine. I'm a fan of both. I'm a fan of both as well. All right, let's just pick one for the sake. Let's do Japanese. All right, Japanese. So see, she's a sushi chef. Yeah. Okay. She does a lot of flaying, rolling of, uh, doing the sushi rolls. All of it. And all of it. Japanese cuisine expert. You know, she probably, if I had to guess, she probably spent a decent amount of time in Japan. She worked Spending. under that dude who has a shop in the train station that's famous. What's that guy's name? Something's Dream. I do know what you're talking about. It's something's dream. Euro. Euro. Yep. I see it's like a, I'll find it. Euro. Yeah. Euro dreams of sushi. She's Euro's disciple. Because right. if I'm not mistaken, that's the, yeah. Uh, pretty sure I watched a video of this man. But, uh, you know, that's that sushi where you sit down, they he serve makes it, for it you. you. They make it the way you're going to enjoy it. And yeah, it's, called you, it's called omakase. And if you're going to have any soy sauce, they tell you when. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yes, yes. Okay. So. And maybe she's known for serving the puffer fish sushi. If you cut it wrong, you're killing people. So she can no longer fillet the puffer fish. Yeah, she probably, you know, that's been taken away. Yeah, that's her thing. She's the first American chef to be certified by the sushi powers to be to serve puffer fish. Okay. Well, that's just one portion of like, that's part of it. But yeah. Okay. So let's do, so you spent time studying there, early thirties, et cetera. The name's Estelle. All right. How should we start this off? We have about an hour and four minutes, by the way. Do we start this off with, she already knows she has the problem. Do we start, do we want to start where she's on her rise? 
I think we start at the peak of for fan or stardom. She opened yeah. up a new restaurant. Maybe she got a Michelin star. Like she got fastest sushi restaurant in America to get a Michelin star. Like all these crazy accolades. Yeah, I agree. And then just as fast as it has gone up, it's going to plummet. Yeah. So, all right. So we start off with Estelle having a celebratory party for the opening, for the grand opening of, you know, like famous people are in there. It's like she's opening up a location. The only thing with that is it already kind of starts the idea that she has these locations already. And, you know, what difference? I mean, it's, it sucks, but like, what difference is it to take a step back and be like, all right, well, at least I already have these locations. You know, I'll get my chefs and everyone going and they'll do it. I think it's more interesting to now I have, you know, I'm thinking it through. Like, it's more interesting to see, like, they're on their, like, she already did her studying. She's on her come up. She's not there yet. She doesn't have shops, but maybe she's dreaming of opening up her shops, restaurants. She's dreaming of opening up her first restaurant and she's working towards it while working at a sushi restaurant and she's trying to get her own launch and she runs into all the trials and tribulations with getting that open. And then on top of it, when you think she finally got it, she finds out that she's having this problem. You know, she starts to realize she, this problem is progressing whatever it is and then she goes in to find out more information she thought maybe it was just her nerves because because of trying to get this restaurant open for herself and dealing with all that and it's like no it's not just you know she thinks it's just her nerves and you know she's just stressed and it comes to find out she has you know early onset parkinson's because then it's like okay dinged and dinged and then she you know then it's like do i open this restaurant do i not Let's just say she opens it, she starts it, and I feel she, like she has. I, I, I imagine the scene in my head when she finds out she just accidentally cut herself without knowing when it used to yeah, be okay. when it used to be very you know natural. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we're at we start at the point where she's transitioning to opening up her new restaurant. Yeah, I think she's somewhere in that. Like, she's still working, but, like... She saved enough money to launch her own thing. Now yeah. she has to build it. Well, she, yeah, she has to build it, yeah. So she starts off. Like, she's literally, like, she's almost there. She's, like, you know, it's kind of like, during the day, she's looking at the progress. And at night, she's working at the restaurant that she's working at. But, her, you know, her days are coming to an end soon. Trying to think of something cool that she can make a name for herself in the local area to build up, so like, we can uh, build build her up some more. Maybe she like catches fish straight out of the ocean and fillets them right there for people. <laughs> That's her thing. I seen a YouTuber do that. <laughs> fresh as fresh as you can get. That you know, literally is. And she does like pop ups like that. You know, she she's just like a child of the sea. You know, she loves everything about the ocean. She's very good at foraging stuff. You know, she grabbed the seaweed, you know, off the, out of the beach, the kelp or whatever. She catches the fish, whether it's spear fishing or rod. She, as soon as she pulls one up, you know, starts scaling it. She's got her set up right there. Starts slicing it up. Makes like a nice little plate for people to enjoy. 
and that's how she starts building like a name for herself. And then she parlays that into opening up a restaurant, you know, once she has the funds saved and that's how she built like the demand. That's why there's like a long line. Yeah. And then she, then things starts turning. So she does sushi by the sea. And Catch and cook sushi. Because <laughs> what's great about that is like, you don't have to have startup costs, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, or at least everything's in the ocean. Fresh. And she's just, you know, you just need a board to do it on. And need some knives, a board. Pitch a little tent over your head. Get to cutting. Yeah. So I mean, she's working at a sushi restaurant. She's doing her own like sushi creation by the sea. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, she could work for a restaurant too, at night and then during the day. She's doing both. Like that's to help get her name out. Yeah, that's to help get her name out. Interesting. Yeah, and then she she does she pays the bills. Yeah, by working as a an actual sushi chef. Yeah, and then during the day she's doing oceanside sushi. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot in the ocean. You know, she can grab some sea urchins. Serve up some fresh uni. You know how expensive uni is. Very expensive. I don't, but I'll take your word. Oh, it's very expensive. You know, we talking. Let me see. I never had it before, but it's. I heard. I put an uni sushi, and it was just like it just laughed at me and said, "You sure you want that? Are you sure you can afford it?" it says, yeah, this is like six to twelve. I think that's for one thing, though. Like for one bite. I never even heard of like ten one sea urchin costs ten dollars. And that from one you get one bite, I'm pretty sure, or two. I don't think but it, it's happen. pretty pricey. I think it's literally like eight bucks for the one okay. thing. So that's pretty pricey. Because eight bucks uh-huh. you can get a whole you can get a whole line of the entire roll. You know, we picked the wrong thing because now I'm just like feel like I need to have sushi. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while for me, too. It's but, one of my uh, favorite foods. It is. And hungry. <laughs> it's making me, I'm here looking at the menu trying to find uni. And I was like, maybe I should put in an order? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be cool. Like, she catches, I don't know, like a salmon. She can turn, like, half of it, one filet into the roll, spicy salmon roll, and turn the other half into sashimi. Yeah. All right. Let's, well, okay, let's put an outline here. So we've got plenty of time with 55 minutes. So I, I did like a quick, like pretty much 10 point outline where it's like Estelle's waiting for a sushi restaurant at night. During the day, she's making ocean size sushi, trying to open up her own place or building her own spot, dealing with the trials and tribulations with opening. Yeah, another angle. Hold on, real oh, quick. Go ahead, shoot. Maybe it starts off as Estelle seeming like it's the main character but as she you know as everything onsets for her and she has to pivot maybe then it becomes about like a training maybe she takes on a mentorship role and mm. mentors somebody and that person mm. becomes the main person so maybe it's seen through the eyes of estelle in the beginning in the sense of like oh we see through the eyes of estelle where She's doing all this, and then devastation comes. And then we have this secondary character protagonist who's basically running B story. And then they're trying to get, you know, they're trying to do their thing in the US, meets her when she's just like, yeah, maybe she's like, yo, your stuff is 
terrible. You know, worms wouldn't even eat it. And uh, and then you know comes to have some like respect for this other. Yeah, maybe, maybe this person has a personal connection to her. Like maybe or maybe they're just like they just keep showing up. Like they just keep coming back to her, even though she like it's like you're no good, and then she keeps like coming back and like wanting to learn. Yeah, maybe this here's an angle, kind of cliche, but maybe this person showed up at one of Estelle's pop ups, and had some of her sushi mm -hmm. when they were younger, and that's what built their passion for wanting to do also be a oh, sushi yeah. chef. Sure. Yeah, I like that. I mean, why not? We can try it. I mean, I think it's a nice and it makes sense because that's how she really gets. That's how we get to the ending here, which is, you know, she cuts herself like how she finds out. Right. You know, she thinks it's trash. She cuts herself badly, goes to the doctor. She is on set. Life seems to end for her. She's down. Boom. And then I put in here just like she finds the strength to carry on hires a great sushi chef, blah, blah. That right there can just be, you know, we had to come up with another name for this person, but other person steps back into her life and is like, yeah, I had your sushi when I was young. Like, I've been training and honing my skills, et cetera, et cetera. Estelle doesn't think it's going to work. She's like, this is done. This dream is over. And then this person like gets her to relive her dream through her mentee. Yeah. Her protege. Her protege. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Let's come up with a quick name for this protege real quick. Chef Max. <laughs> Chef, I don't know. Chef Tony. I'm just going to start rifling off people we know. Haley, Jojo, George, Flavio, Brian. Let's make it Catherine. Estelle and Catherine. All right, Estelle and Catherine. All right. So maybe the beginning scenes is... Estelle serving sushi to little Catherine, That's little right. cat, or should I say little cat, Kate, cat, little Kit Kat. But Catherine gets to believe again, believe in the dream and teach her the way. I'm just revising these marching orders as I'm putting them down. Catherine, because you know, we all know how this goes sometimes. You know, you get down to the last wire, like, how does this end? But this time, we've learned and improved, and it's a hit. Okay, cool. Kind of bringing it around there. Okay. So let's kind of work through this. So Estelle's working. I think I got the beginning scene. Oh, I was just about to ask you. So we're in the ocean. It's in the ocean. Don't see nobody, just fish. See a little, a tuna. We're it's in the ocean. So she's fishing right now. Oh, we're in the ocean. I it looks like, like that. It looks like planet Earth. Okay, okay. All right, so there's a tuna that's swimming. It's uh -huh. just focusing in on this tuna. And then it gets speared by a spear gun and it's getting reeled in. And we see Estelle and her whatever spear fishermen wear in scuba gear. Yeah. Reeling this fish in. Free diver gear, whatever. Yeah. She's, you know, she's dragging it along behind her as she's swimming up to the surface. And she pulls it up, you know, climbs up on her boat, her little tiny boat that she took out to get into these deep waters. And now she's got this big old fish. She drives the boat back to the harbor, and then let's just say there's already a crowd of people waiting for her. She sets up, puts on her apron. I don't know if sushi chefs wear chef's hats, but... Not by the water. <laughs> puts on her apron, sets up her little table, you know, rolls out her cutting board, starts slicing this fish up like a pro. All right. Still, it's off the boat and places the fish 
down and begins to work. Everyone's ooing and awing. That's right. It's like watching all the masters work through each cut is precise. No bones. And perfect. perfect. That's right. Precise and perfect. Well, here's the thing. So the cow gives the first roll to a young woman. Onlooker. In the audience. They tell her they want to be the best sushi chef. Just like her. Estelle. The girl says that to Estelle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Estelle smiles and tells her one day she will. Opening sequence finish. Start slicing and dicing. Slicing and dicing the fish. Okay, so she says that. <clears throat> All right, so we leave. It's lit. It's okay. It's now evening. Estelle is packing up for the day. She gets to her apartment, takes a shower. Now she's got to go to work. That's right. Puts on her work clothes and heads out the door. We see her enter on this beautifully five-star. Her beautiful five-star sushi establishment. Maybe she doesn't work for a sushi restaurant. Like, maybe she works for something else. She's like, I just can't wait to get the hell up out of here. Like, sushi is an afterthought. You know those restaurants that have, like, sushi but burgers and pizza? Like, there's a whole bunch of different things. And it's like, sushi is not, like, the focus. Okay, so she's not an executive chef. She's a no. random cook. She's a cook, <laughs> yeah. Okay. She, so she's at McDonald's. The day McDonald's starts selling sushi, oh, beware. Or maybe it's not as prominent. Maybe she's just at, like, uh, you know, they sell sushi at Stop It Shop, like supermarket. <laughs> she's, Let's not put her that far down. They sell everything and sushi. So, like, she could be the sushi chef. It's just but, a like, seafood they, they, restaurant. They partition it. So it's like she focuses on this. Someone focuses on that. Right. It's like the ramen place we go to. They got the yeah. sushi stand. Yeah. They sell everything. This is like, an okay, Asian, yeah. it's Asian like, fusion restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fusion restaurant. And sushi is just almost not a thought. But you can see it in her work. You know, she's paying yeah. very close attention to detail with her plating, the presentation. And she sets up all the, you know, they got the presentation sushi up front That's that right. you don't eat. Her playing presentation but, skills are off the hook. Her coworker asks when she's out of here. When are you going to start your own thing? Estelle tells her soon. She's, she's finalizing or she's looking over some paperwork for a release. Okay. So we established that she's just, she cares so much. She's, she's a master in her own right. She's doing all this stuff. Cool. So now it's like, all right, she has this rest of the evening. I might even change the order of this where it's like, her coworker, she comes in, you know, she steps in. And then as soon as she steps in, her coworker, you know, they say hello, blah, blah. Ask her when she's out. She tells her soon she's doing this. Then we see her work, master in plating and presentation, just all the care that she puts forth. All right, it's the next day. It's the next day. Estelle is at her soon-to-be sushi location. 
She's with the building. She's with, you know, I don't know. Realtor. Realtor. Yeah. Well, if it's like, (laughs) she's already like in the process of building out. Oh, she says sign some paperwork. So yeah, she's with the realtor. She's with the realtor named Max. Max. Yep. Yep. He's telling her lies. (laughs) He's telling her this is an old strip club joint. (laughs) Okay. Great location. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Great location to open a sushi restaurant. There's nothing like like it on the block. Location is great. And the block is walkable. Yada, yada, yada. Right. I don't know. Like, everything here is great. Okay, okay. Estelle tells Max she's ready to sign. And let's just say, like, all right, we're either, right, you know, Max pulls out the papers, and we're going to have the first kind of instance where something kind of odd happens, but Max pulls out the paper, papers, and hands her a pen, and she right. dropped it. And still, well, now you put like this, so grabs the pen, writes her signature, but it's, but it comes out all weird. Yeah, not normal. You just she apologizes for being so nervous for her first purchase. Max says... He gets it and congratulates her. That's right. Right. Okay. Congratulates her. So, all right. We got this sense of that she's going to build. She's going to have this building. There's other trials and tribulations, probably with the building process. That's going to stress her out, right? So she can leave. Set up the decor. You know, set up the stations. Yeah. She will do, we'll have like a small, like little thing, right? So. You know, congratulates her, congratulates her on this lease, etc. Boom, done. Small party is thrown, just to round it out with Estelle and her close friends and family. Family and friends. She does a private sushi dinner just for them. Ah, okay. There's a private sushi dinner for them. Why does this matter, folks who are watching? Well, since this story is about everything kind of going right even though you're going through struggles and then things going wrong we have to illustrate when things are going right and having fun and so that way you see the juxtaposition when things go terribly wrong and it hits you that much more when it's like just a moment ago we were throwing a party having a good time and now it's pretty much a funeral up in here but these are just small ways to really illustrate those the different knobs from happiness to and happiness and joy to sadness and depression that's right so he does this private sushi party and now we deal with some of the other trials and tribulations of trying to juggle everything all right so it's so this is this at this part this is kind of where you would have like a little faster forgetting what it's called kevin help me out here where we just show things kind of rapid succession yeah like a faster descent downwards like a transgression not even just yet like we're just showing her getting ready to do this thing like she signed the lease but she has to get the place like put together she's going through the bills but there's a word for this and i can't remember what it is that's annoying all right but is that a film yeah it's yeah it's just to demonstrate that we are now doing is it a vignette is that what it's called no man i can't remember but it's okay. So Estelle, so we, you know, we see Estelle making design decisions. Yeah, she is a in the space. designer. She hired. 
Yeah. Hired the designers, talking to the designer. I was just got to get appliances up in there. Yeah. Some fridges for the fish. Appliances being bought, bills becoming due. Bills piling up. And, right. you know, the look of stress on her face, but in good spirits. Maybe one of the fridges stopped working and all her fish before opening day go rotten. Well, she's not. Well, here's the question. So we have to figure that out. Does she get to opening it? Maybe she doesn't. She does. She almost has opening. And then she finds out this issue. So in part of the sequence here. Okay. Part okay. of the sequence, we need to throw in some things of like writing is messed up. She's still cooking it, but she makes missteps. Things like that. We see her take a sip of water when she's putting stuff together and her hands. And it spills on a little bit on her. So she's making this design decisions in the space. Appliances being bought. Bills becoming due. And the look of stress on her face, but in good spirits. Stella's still working and doing her sushi by the ocean. Working and still working in the restaurant and the sushi by the ocean. One yeah, day. But now she, she's doing some advertising. She's like, yeah. good news, guys. We got my fur. I'm opening up a restaurant soon. Maybe she starts handing out flyers or something. Yeah. Coming soon well, flyer. We'll, yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, she's definitely going to. So like she makes a mistake one day while filleting a fish. Accidentally cuts herself. Well, it, maybe it's just more simple for this one. It's like she, you know, she's so perfect. Cause we saw her from before, man. She was sharp. And now there's a bone in there. Like she has to go back and take it out. Like she's not, the cut isn't as clean. The cut isn't as clean, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, you know, I want to do like like make it subtle. She, you know, apologizes. Oh, maybe as you know, says she's just stressed. I think there's a thing with filleting, or you, if you accidentally hit the stomach or something, or the guts or something. Or when she's gutting the fish. Yeah, yeah, because if you're gutting it and then you puncture it, you know, all the bad stuff goes into the meat. Yeah. But yeah, so she makes a mistake while filleting or cutting or gutting the fish and then, but the cut, whatever it is, it's not clean. She apologizes and says, you know, she's just stressed with everything, but hold tight and she will get it right. So like the idea is that she's still being positive about it. Like, yeah, she's doing these mistakes that are un, unlike her, but it's subtle. Cause then, cause then yeah. when the thing happens, it's not just like the audience is just like, wait, how did all of a sudden she has onset Parkinson's? Like she messed up one time with the signing. Like that doesn't mean anything. So it's just a bunch of like little subtle things. I also want to add, so like she's at the restaurant. I want to add your drinking water one, right? She's at the restaurant taking a sip of water when she realizes her hands are shaking causing the water to spill from the sides. Her co-worker friend tells her she needs to slow down, right? Because oh, she is at the restaurant she works at. Yeah, yeah, at the restaurant she okay. works at. She needs to slow down because she's getting too stressed. That's causing her to spill. Still tells her once you know once the once her spots open 
everything would be okay. Okay, so that you know, and it's just that just lives as a place where it's just like this thing is happening with her. She's attributing it to something else, and then we'll get to this part here. I think it probably happens more or less next. We should probably have like one other thing happen with. I think uh, building uh, out this space, but like something negative. Well, I, I think maybe not building, maybe just showing her signs of messing up again. I was her, just looking at, oh, yeah, just looking at the lemon lime stuff. Maybe there's a scene where she's just like on a lime or lemon, and it's like perfectly thin slices, and then later on when she does it, they're all in like misshapen, kind of messed up slices. Maybe that's how she cuts her hand. Maybe she's cutting up something as simple as lemon lime, and then it stings the living love out of her. And uh, you know, maybe that's what she's cutting when she cuts herself badly. Yeah, because she's, I guess she's, like, testing herself. Because she used to be able to cut these things in rapid motion into perfectly thin slices. Sure. So let's, so lemon and lime. We have lack, we have issue, we have gown, worm and star and we still kind of have to weave and she's our let's say she's a star sushi prodigy by the docks when in the beginning calls her a star oh uh, we actually did use star because we said she works at a beautiful five-star sushi establishment well we downgraded her we, well no <laughs> she works there she's just not the head chef and she's she just oh okay okay sushi station gotcha gotcha yeah. Okay. She doesn't get the accolades. She gets just the work. So, but we still need to work in worm, which she's going to use as an insult, probably. Yep. Gown could be like an opening nightgown. Issue and lack. Like those things, I think, can happen once we bring in Catherine into the fold. All right. Yeah, those, those are easy. So those are easy. Should we? All right. So we have cutting lemon and lime. But before we get to there, we have this little sip of water incident. Something needs to stress her out with this building, just for plausibility's sake. So, like, maybe there's water damage. It's a setback. That's all. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Estelle experiences. There's the water. Leaking pipes. Yeah. Just damage the floors, the new floors she just put in. Oh, yeah. That just, that just made me, like, feel some sort of way. Her location. That's happened to me already. There's leaking pipes ruining the floors. She just... So does she show up to a restaurant? Yeah, yeah. She It's like there's a tsunami has passed by. <laughs> no, maybe not that bad. She shows up to the restaurant with the contractor and, you know, is visibly upset at losing money, in a sense. But what are you going to do? She presses forward. We see, all right, we see her juggling the bills and she's delaying just to kind of showcase that it is impacting her. It's not just like she just made the money. It is de and she's delaying payment on certain bills, you know, stretching out when she can pay certain things. All right. All right. So now something bad's going to happen. So where should this incident happen? On the docks at the restaurant she works at? She's cutting lemon and lime. She's cutting some lemon and lime. Let's see. Probably at the restaurant she works at. Okay. Maybe that's her. She just passes it off as she's doing too much right now. Maybe that's her sign to, to quit. She says, you know, she's looking at, you know, she's slicing up the lemon and limes. She's like, I can't. I got to go all in or. 
Well, it just be, you know, she's cutting it up, she's prepping them. And then, you know, it's like, the way I kind of see it, like, as if this were a film was like, she's about to make the cut. And as she's going down, like her hand is just visibly trembling. And she's like looking at it. She's trying to like straighten it out. She does it. Now it's, she's like kind of slow. And then she goes down again. And then, you know, she cuts her finger pretty good or something like that. Yeah. But she... I feel like she should just write it off as like stress or something. Well, here's the thing. She's been writing off all of it as stress and, and she probably still will write it off as stress, but let's just say like whatever the cut is, it's bad enough to where, you know, she has to kind of go in to get, get stitches. At. Yeah. Okay. So she's, all right. you know, Estelle is cutting lemon limes, prepping them for the night. She slices her finger real bad. And she, yeah, she slices her. And will need stitches. Really bad. And needs to go to the hospital. Yeah. Still waits at the hospital as the doctors are busy in the emergency room. She's shaking. Relief. Why not? She just cut herself pretty damn good. Doesn't have to mean anything just yet, really. Right, so she's shaking like a leaf. She's, you know, stressed. Finally, she is seen. The doctor asks how she got hurt, etc. She tells him, you know, what she does for a living, and it happened. It was a work incident, right? So she's pretty much just like playing it down, like downplaying, it. like it's a work incident. People get cut. It happens, right? Maybe he notices something about her. Yeah, he has to notice something, right? He has to notice that she's like having a hard time controlling her 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 shaking. So, doctor, you know, we could probably be vague about this because this would require research on how right. Parkinson's right. is diagnosed. That's right. He notices her uncontrollable shaking and asks how long that's been happening. Still says for a few months now and the word i was searching for was montage no montage Estelle says for a few months now but she's just nervous and stressed because of her new restaurant the doctor seems unsure of that says another sign of Parkinson's is balance problems. So maybe Ooh. she has maybe she her walk. Her walk, you know, yeah. Finding house is a busy emergency room. She's shaking like a leaf. Finally, she is seeing the doctor asks how she got hurt. She tells him blah blah. So okay, she, she's nervous and the doctor seems unsure of the explanation. But there's nothing else to go off of. Nods. Estelle gets up to leave and she loses her balance. So after she loses her balance, the doctor asked that she take a seat and allow for allow for testing. So we have this little thing, Estelle downplays, but doctor is persistent. I understand. For all you watching that, yes, the doctor and patient and how this would kind of play out is, you know, a little touchy and how you kind of do it because technically you know, a doctor can't force her to do it, but it's outline. So the doctor is persistent and Estelle goes in for 
Testing. Okay. We are now in the room, like the, the office of the doctor, and he breaks the news. Gotta keep moving with about 18 minutes. He breaks the news to her. Okay. Based on your symptoms, you have early onset Parkinson's. He doesn't believe it. Her life seems to end. She doesn't know what to do. I think you should say something like, I recommend that you, you know, stop using sharp knives. Yeah. The doctor <laughs> recommends to stop using sharp knives or, you know, and asks if she has help at home. That's a pretty more, I feel like that's somewhere where that conversation would go. You know, what does your at-home life look like? Do you have assistance in other ways? Maybe you're married or whatever, whatever. Estelle is single and lives alone. All right. So, you know, you know, if we, you know, the whole depression arc, and that's why I'll just call it here just for the sake of time, I'm just going to say depression arc where we see her at home, sad, useless, or she thinks she's useless. She's struggling still. Maybe she even quits. Maybe she's no longer doing, you know, she's, yeah, she's probably no longer, she's depressed, right? No longer doing the ocean side sushi. Like all that stuff gets put on pause or it gets put on pause. So, you know, all these stuff gets, there's a whole depression arc that can be definitely more illustrated, but that happens. Okay. And I think at the end of this thing is it's in her restaurant becomes in limbo, right? So restaurant, she's still... I feel like she still goes to visit just to check up on stuff. And that's yeah, when I think it's just like working, like work is still happening on it. And it's like, I really, it's getting to a really good place, but she's just like, she hasn't decided yet what she's going to do with it. She's that's when, money, right. And that's when, so here's the thing that I realized that we kind of made a mistake because I, in my mind, we made like when young Catherine, she gave young Catherine that thing that was like, months ago and all of a sudden Catherine's like eight years older because I was thinking she was like 12 or something so we just need to bridge that gap and kind of you know just fix it so well, I, well, the... I young women so young women could be someone who's like 18 19 20 20 I, mean, I think anything below don't hate me don't hate me don't hate me I'm gonna say it four times I'm just saying it's not a hard number but under 25, you consider young women, right? Yeah. So you can hate Kevin. If you disagree <laughs> with that. <laughs> Cancel Dave. If you hate that, you can not for Kevin. Okay. So let's just say she's under 25. Okay, fine. That helps us. So we'll just leave young women. And then Catherine. So let's bring her in in about 14 minutes. So she I walks through the door. So, so Estelle. Maybe, maybe she catches Estelle outside of her restaurant just looking at it. Yeah. Estelle is outside of her restaurant. Oh, that's a good little scene. She's just looking at it. You can assume she's wondering what to do with it, etc. You know, what to do with it. She's sad. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we hear a familiar voice. It's Catherine. She's wondering when the opening is happening the grand opening Estelle laughs 
but like bitterly it says never all right she's a little bitter right now okay Estelle says never yeah i mean maybe she's telling the truth maybe she's not that's not really important she's just more like leave me alone kind of like that never is not necessarily to say she has made a decision it's more like just go away okay in, yeah we're just having a little bit of fun with the dialogue because that never doesn't actually have to mean she means never it could just be like as far as you're concerned never like go leave right right, right. Catherine, Catherine tells her all right so Catherine tells her these amazing things about how her sushi major inspire her feel and inspire okay so we have this whole like thing and i'm trying to distill if estelle like plops it down no i think she should just nonchalantly say you know oh not very enthusiastic be like oh that's good that's good yeah yeah and then Catherine pops the question yeah is there any way i can work for you and that's when yeah. estelle says no you're a little maggot worm Catherine asked well now allow worms to work for me if she can work for her or learn under her learn under her yeah estelle says no it's better she doesn't do this however but you know Catherine being a bit more she's not easily deterred Ooh, I got well are you on the part where she tries to convince her or are we yeah pretty much or convince her just to take her under the wing or just give her a shot because here's what's going to happen she's going to give her a shot she's going to she's going to pretty much she's going to be like all right cook something make something like she that, should just she's going to get thrown she's going to be like the issue is you have a lack of talent and you're a maggot worm you <laughs> three of the words right there no i got a cool one well, it's kind of cool it kind of brings full circle so maybe she doesn't she says no they walk away whatever catherine decides that she wants to impress estelle ah uh, it comes back with something that she's made comes back with a fish okay sets up her own little table plops it down in front of us just watching like amusingly you know you see catherine struggling filleting the fish she's like oh pin bone and estelle's sitting there like shaking her head okay i'm with you and then catherine you know makes a makes really these really ugly slices of sushi so catherine's not easily because we have about eight minutes and 30 seconds so she comes back with a fish and her set of knives and her own set of knives a supermarket bought fish <laughs> and you know she and she preps the fish in front of Estelle Catherine finishes Estelle picks up a roll looks looks at it and drops it to the ground Catherine <laughs> looks at it finishes and looks at Estelle Estelle picks it up and throws it in the bin. Catherine is shocked. Estelle, oh, we, oh, we don't think I'm not going to lay into it here. Come on now. we got to lay oh. into it. Oh, of course. Estelle, it's time. Estelle. You have the knife work of a worm. It tells her the issue with that display was it lacked any. I wouldn't even feed this to the seagulls. 
<laughs> and you want to be the what? To the seagulls. <laughs> Any talent. And not even worms. Bro, that's soul crushing. Or funny. Depends on your, it depends on your mindset. You might just laugh if someone called it and says that to you. I, depending on how I felt that day, I'll either be like, damn, bro, that hurt. Or I, I might laugh. <laughs> or I might laugh. I don't know which one. That's just funny. Catherine Shock still tells her the issue with the with that display was it lacked any talent. And not even worms would eat this. Yeah. So Catherine says, so teach me that. I like this resilience. So teach me. Estelle, Estelle realizes she ain't going nowhere. Let's out a deep sigh. Pulls open the door to her restaurant. Says, we begin now. Go inside. And throw the, those excuses for knives away. So they open, it opens the door to the restaurant. Okay. So Estelle tells, Estelle, so basically her dream is going to come back here. Estelle begins to teach in about five minutes. So this we might be. have to do another montage. Hey, her, might have her, to, but here's the thing. Estelle begins to teach. Her hands are shaking a lot. Catherine notices, but says nothing. You know, this is something that we find out later, like when they finally bond, right? Yeah. Says nothing. Catherine gets better and Estelle becomes more approving of her work. Her symptoms worsen. That's right. Her symptoms worsen and the restaurant, maybe about four minutes, the restaurant is getting, you know, put together faster. Like we could see it progress, whatever. That's almost near grand opening now. Well, here, yeah, yeah, almost near. Right, right. And then one day, Estelle is teaching Catherine how to fillet pufferfish. Like she has to like kind of show her like verbally. Oh, maybe not a pufferfish. Maybe like a tuna or something. Okay. All right. A fish. A fish. We got three minutes. We got time. We'll fillet a fish when Catherine asks, what's wrong? Why can't? She, he, the chef. Estelle explains the situation. Then Estelle tells Catherine she was going to shut this all down. But now, her skills are hope. Give her hope. That's right. Catherine cries. <laughs> happy tears. I will not let you down. Catherine cries happy tears or whatever. Maybe not, but whatever. You get the point. They continue working. Now it's grand opening day. That's right. There's a line out the door. Catherine. It's grand, the counter. It's grand opening day. Hold on. Cat, uh, Estelle wearing her gown. A nice little evening gown. Because she's not going to be cooking. So she's in the evening gown. But Catherine's in her, you know, chef. Gone apron on, chef uniform. Chef uniform. You know, Estelle says this speech. Oh, this is a heartwarming story here. Ah. Her speech about how she started and trained Sarah all for it to, I'm not going to actually write in about a minute 30, go, all for it to go away when she got ill diagnosed with help etc of Catherine 
they are able to live out their dreams. Yeah, I thought a nice little ending was would be if Estelle adds Kat's name to the restaurant somehow. I mean, I assume like the restaurant name is like a random, like has nothing to do with like their actual name. Fish. Catherine's and Estelle's fish. But, all right, we could do that. I mean, we can improvise that. Yeah, we can improvise that. If we want, but there's a speech and then the end. Does that feel like the end to you, Kevin? Dinner begins. All of that. Does that feel like the end? Yeah. We'll, yeah. Catherine starts chomp, chopping. Punch the clock. 18 seconds left in that clock. Man, I thought we actually would have plenty of time because we came to our decision pretty, fairly quickly. But Oh, I knew we were going to be behind when we were still talking about Estelle. <laughs> we haven't even introduced Catherine yet. I was like, oh. That's right. This is longer than I thought. This is longer. But... We came in just under time. We used all of our words. Story is a, this is what you call one of them smaller stories, but with a lot of heart, a lot of impact, a lot of heart. And it's one of the stories that I could see, you know, it's a drama. It's one of those things that just make, hit you in the feel and that make you feel good at the end. You, know, you need stories like that. Yeah. You know, some of our other stories have been kind of wild for a long time, you know, but this story is the least wild that we had for the past few that I remember. This one is more of a, a yeah, like thing. a really grounded in reality. Yeah. Just feel good, wholesome story. Yeah. No violence. Sure. No nothing. No violence, no deaths, no betrayal. Just life. redemption. Right. <laughs> just the nonsense of life. Working towards a dream and for whatever reason, you can't have it the life. way you, you can't have it life the way happens. you envision it. That's right. Life it just happens and you roll with the punches and you adapt and you know live the dream a different way mm -hmm. all right so i'm gonna read this so, thing here to you what do you want to do think... i feel comfortable with any half we just split it in half i feel comfortable with the beginning to middle middle to end i'll let you decide uh, i could do the beginning till till the doctor notices her yeah. That seems about right. Shaking? Yeah. Well, That's no just good. do that and then get her cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this is when the doctor notices her shaking. I'll leave that to you. Shaking, shaking, shaking. Okay. All right. Somewhere around here. Yep. Okay. So I'm just separating it in my notes. Bills are paid. Filet and fish. Coworker tells her some stuff. She's getting stressed. Cool. I'm good. Good. I'm good. Whenever All right. Start. So to recap for everyone, the words we were given were star, worm, gown, issue, lack. And then we were also presented two pictures, one of a lemon and the other of a lime. Not as random. Right. But for our story, it makes sense. All right. So the story starts off. We just see a clear... Beautiful underwater. You would think this is a scene out of planet Earth. Ocean. You see fishes swimming everywhere. Kelp. Coral reef, maybe. We see the screen just lock in on this beautiful silver tuna. Just swimming along, minding its own business. And then we see a spear hit the tuna in the side. Now it's scrambling 
for its life, you know, clouds of blood are coming out from the tuna and we see it getting reeled in by this person who's in full scuba gear. She's reeling in with her spear gun and now she's ascending to the surface, dragging along the tuna fish with her. She pops out of the water, takes off her mask, yells out in excitement. She's got a good one. Jumps on her boat, brings the tuna on the boat, and just drives back to the harbor. At the harbor, we see a crowd of people waiting. And we don't know who they're waiting for, but it turns out they're waiting for our main character, Estelle. Estelle gets off the boat. Someone asks, what did she catch today? And she says she's got a real good one for them. She puts on her apron, sets up her little station, a wooden board, a little wooden table stand with her cutting board, rolls out her knives, takes one out, starts sharpening it, and then she reveals her catch. A giant tuna lays it on the table. Everyone's ooing and gnawing. And then she does her thing, starts slicing and dicing, perfect within one fine motion. It's like she's doing a dance or ballet and she's a complete expert at this. She pulls out her rice, does, puts, starts presenting, putting together the rolls. And she sees a young woman on, onlooker just watching in awe. She takes the first roll and hands it to her. And the young woman is so grateful. And she's jumping up and down in, in excitement. And she tell she takes this opportunity to tell Estelle. Estelle really inspires her, and she hopes to be as great as her one day in her work. Estelle laughs and says, with enough determination, and as long as you don't give up and you work hard, you might be better than me one day. Who knows? So it's the evening time. Estelle's wrapping up. She's set, packing everything up and heading back home. And now we see Estelle at her apartment. She hops in the shower really quickly. Notices that she's late for something. We don't know what. Hops in the shower really quickly. See her getting ready. And we see her put on this uniform. Because she's heading to work. Gets in her car. Speeds off to this five-star Michelin restaurant. And she walks in. Just in the bit of time, she sees a co-worker friend. The co-worker says, Ah, cutting it close manager might not have to give you any give you a hard time today estelle says yeah takes her place behind the sushi counter as people start to flock in to the restaurant so we see estelle at work in her environment she's slicing up these fish in unison like she's her own one person factory assembly line of sushi slicing up fish creating all these rolls creating beautiful presentations plating it, and putting it on presentation for everyone to see as they pass by. The server watches Estelle in awe, asking, when is Estelle going to open up her own thing and just get out of here? Her talent is being wasted here. Estelle laughs and says, almost, we're almost there. And the server says, well, when you open up your restaurant, you're going to give me a job, right? <laughs> Estelle says, of course, of course. The next day, we see Estelle showing up at an empty building downtown. Nice little spot in the heart of downtown. See cars passing by. We see another car pull up. A man in a suit walks out and says, so what do you think? 
And this this is a real estate agent named Max who's been working with Stell to find places who would that would be a good future location for Estelle's future restaurant. Estelle takes one look at it and says, it's perfect. This is the one. And Max says, all right, let's make it official then. Pulls out the paperwork, hands Estelle the pen. She grabs the pen, but she's noticeably shaking. And she signs her signature. Doesn't look like her neat, fancy signature that she usually signs. It's a little off scribble. She apologizes to Max. She says, ah, I'm busy. Uh, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm nervous and excited at the same time. Max says, don't worry. I completely understand, but congratulations. They shake hands and now he hands her the keys. And now this is officially Estelle's restaurant. As celebration, Estelle, in the next night or two, she does a private sushi dinner, an omakase for her closest friends and family. They show up. There's nothing there yet, but Estelle is, pri is privately, exclusively serving them sushi. Five courses, different presentations, all looks professional and everything. They're so excited for her. They give her a toast of congratulations. She tells her how ex tells them how excited she is to finally open this up. So it then becomes a montage of her putting together the restaurant talking with interior designers, showing them different patterns, getting the feng shui and everything right for a restaurant. She's ordering appliances, fridges, getting the water, electricity, all that stuff getting put together. And one day, you know, she's doing her sushi by the shoreline pop up again. We see her sharpening knives. Everyone is there watching. It's got a nice fish. She starts slicing and cutting it, but she slices it just a bit too deep. And there's pin bones within this. And she apologizes. She's like, oh, sorry. Been, been really stressed at work and everything going on. But there is good news. I'm going to be opening up my restaurant soon. Everyone is applauding, cheering her on, telling Estelle that, you know, she's always been a prodigy, how they're so happy for her. They can't wait for her to open the restaurant. So now she's at her workplace. She's doing her thing again. She's taking a break to take a sip of water. She notices her hand visibly shaking more than usual. She just writes it off as stress. You see the water spilling out the sides of the cup because she's shaking so much. She has to control her wrist with her other hand to stabilize it and take a drink. The coworker notices Estelle struggling with the water. And she's like, you okay? Is, every, is everything all right? Stella says, yeah, everything's going great, actually, and breaks the good news to her coworker friend that she bought, invest, officially bought a location to open up her future restaurant. Worker's so help, so happy for her, but tells Estelle to slow down, you know, make sure she's not killing herself and stressing herself out too much so she can actually open up the restaurant successfully. The next day, Estelle shows up to her restaurant and she notices a pool of water gathering in the corner. She walks over, opens up the back room. The floors are flooded. There's been a pipe leak overnight and now she's getting stressed. She's, everything is going wrong. She calls, starts making phone calls, trying to get things put together. 
This is going to set her back, her grand opening back some more. It's also going to cost her some more money because she's got to replace these brand new floors that she had just installed. But one of her stress relieving exercises that she does just to reassure that she's still got it. She flips the lime and lemon into her hands, puts them down on the cutting board and starts slicing them. And we see them just fan out into perfect thin slices. And this somehow relaxes her. She says, I got this. So the next night at her restaurant, she has to slice some more lemons and limes. So she's slicing up with the limes rapidly as she usually does. She notices that the shapes are not uniform as they usually are. Some are slightly larger than others. And as with an eye for detail, she's wondering what's wrong, but she just pushes through it and her shaking hand happens to move in the way of the blade and she slices her finger real good. Blood starts dripping everywhere. She gets a cloth and immediately puts it over her finger and hands. She tells the coworker that she has to, that she has to step out and go get stitches because this is really bad as we see the cloth getting more bloody and bloody. So she's in her car driving towards the emergency room. Got her other hand all wrapped up in cloth, shows up, they take her in, get her stitched up. We see her in the emergency room getting stitched up. She's got her hand on her forehead saying, ah, everything just seems to be going wrong right now. Now she's injured herself. And then she meets with the doctor. Okay. The doctor asked, how did she hurt herself? She tells the doctor what she does for work and how this happened. Very understandable for her line of work. And accidents like this happen all the time. The doctor seems understanding of this answer and begins to put in her stitches. He tells her to hold her hand still, but notices how uncontrollable the shaking in her hand is. He asks her if how long has that been going on? Estelle says only for only Estelle says only for a few months, but that's just because she's opening a restaurant of her own now. She gets to be the boss and make sushi the number one thing in her restaurant the, di the doctor is ex excited for her but seems unsure of that explanation typically nervousness and stress doesn't cause you to shake uncontrollably but given that she cut herself pretty well maybe and he decides to let it go he puts in the stitches gets her ready and bandaged up tells her to ch come back in two weeks time so he can take a look and make sure everything is healing just fine. Estelle thanks him. She gets up to leave, loses her balance. The doctor catches her before she really falls. He guides her back down to take a seat. And he, as the doctor looks at her, putting two and two together, the shaking, the lack of balance, he asks if, if Estelle will be okay with them running a couple more tests just to make sure that she's fully okay. Estelle says, what do you mean? It's just a cut and I'm tired. I do. In the morning, I do sushi by the ocean and I work at night, I'm opening my restaurant. It means nothing. But the doctor is persistent. He tells her typically people don't just lose their balance and cut themselves this badly, especially someone of her caliber who knows how to use a knife. <laughs> These things happening back to back seem a bit strange. Just do the testing. Let's see what's going on. And if nothing... She's good to go. 
They run a battery of tests. Estelle looks as if this is a waste of her time, but she goes through with it. We are now in the doctor's office. She looks around. She sees all the diplomas on the wall and the accolades and awards from this doctor. Finally, she hears a knock at the door. The doctor presents himself and comes on in. His face now looks even more stern. He sits down and tells her he doesn't really, he doesn't like to be around the bush, so he's going to tell it to her straight. He breaks the news to her that he believes she has early onset Parkinson's. At first, Estelle doesn't even react. She doesn't even really believe in what he's saying is what is happening even in real life. She takes a moment. She has to let this sit and come in. The doctor tells her he knows that this can be difficult to hear, especially someone around her age, but given the tests and what he witnessed, it does appear that she has onset Parkinson's and it will most likely continue to get worse. Estelle wonders and asks, how can this be? What does she do in order to make this happen? The doctor answers her questions with empathy and politeness. In Estelle's world, in her mind, everything seems to have ended for her, her dreams, her hopes, her wishes. She doesn't know what to do. The doctor recommends to her that for the time being, she should consider putting down the knives. Perhaps there's someone at home that is willing to help her and who's able to help her. But we see really just how alone Estelle really is in a sense because she's single and lives alone. There's no one to help her get through this issue. Estelle cascades into depression. She seems to lay about at home. She's struggling to find motivation. She's no longer doing the Oceanside Sushi, though her fans and admirers still show up thinking that maybe she'll reappear. She has her work restaurant go on pause as she's unable to work. She's in the place of unsure, unsurety and limbo. As she's dealing with this, she decides to visit her restaurant. She stands out, outside and looks, at, looks in through the glass like an onlooker. Whether to close this place up or not, it just seems like none of this really matters anymore. She's about to carry on and move along, not even bothering to go inside to check progress. When all of a sudden, we hear a familiar voice. It's Catherine, the young woman from earlier by the Oceanside. She asks, when's the grand opening? Estelle laughs bitterly and tells her never. Puzzled, Catherine asks why. Estelle waves off this question. Catherine can tell that Estelle, something is bothering Estelle deeply. And she tells her for what it's worth, her sushi, some of the most amazing sushi she's ever had in her life. And it's inspired her in a way like nothing else to become a sushi chef and following her, fo her footsteps. Estelle nonchalantly tells her, that's good. She begins to walk away. Catherine calls out to her, if it's all right, maybe I can learn from you. I'll be your protege. Estelle turns around, looks at her with a smirk and replies, no, it's better if you never get involved in this. Estelle's trying to downplay this, turn her off from sushi the same way that she's been removed from the thing she loved. She can't help but place that on someone else, in this case, Catherine. However, Catherine is not easily deterred. Though confused, she tells her, okay, I will be back though. Estelle shrugs her shoulders thinking that she will never see her again anyways. 
It's a couple days later. Stella's back at her restaurant, and there's a knock at the door. Stella looks up, sees Catherine standing out front. But this time, she has brought some packages with her in a book bag. Stella steps outside, and Catherine prepares on a table that she brought, on a small prepared table that she brought, a fish and her knives. She places and fans everything out, and she decides to prep and fillet a fish to demonstrate and showcase her skills in front of Estelle. Catherine doesn't necessarily move as smooth and as beautifully as Estelle once did, but she gets the job done. It's not elegant, but it works. Catherine finishes and looks up at, looks up at Estelle. Estelle sighs, picks up what she's created, and instantly throws it in the trash. Catherine is shocked at this point. Maybe even feel some sort of way about this. Estelle stops her before she can even say anything and tells her the issue with that display is that it lacked any talent and not even the worms would want to eat that. Catherine, taken aback, digests those words. Estelle thinks she got her now. No way she would want to continue to come back, for, come back to see her now. Estelle goes to open the door to re-enter the restaurant. But Catherine calls out and says, well, why don't you teach me then? Estelle stands at the doorway, looking into the restaurant. Catherine off to the side behind her. Who knows what she's really thinking? But she lets out a sigh, opens the door fully, and tells her to follow. Estelle begins to teach Catherine the, her, the ways of filleting, the ways of creating sushi, all the things she's learned when she was taught in Japan by the masters. We also see Estelle's hands shake even more. It becomes uneasy, so she has to teach through her words. Catherine notices, but decides not to say anything. She doesn't want to upset her. Catherine gets better, and Estelle becomes more approving of her work. But unfortunately, Estelle's symptoms get worse and worse. But while this is happening, the restaurant looks like it's only days away from opening. The place is beautiful. It's everything you would think a five-star sushi restaurant would look like. We're one day away where Estelle is going over how to fillet a fish with Catherine. To make it even more perfect, showing her that this is a lifelong study. Even when you are a master, you're still also the student. Then Catherine stops responding to Estelle. There's a moment of silence. Estelle asks, Catherine finally asks, what's wrong? Why can't you be a chef any further? Estelle looks away and finally explains the situation with her. She explains the early onset Parkinson's explains her situation will only get worse, and then tells Catherine something she never knew, which was she was actually going to shut this whole place down before it even began. But Catherine's skill and willingness to learn gave her hope, gave her a new version of her dream. This is a moment of bonding between these two that we have yet to see. It's now the grand opening day. This place is live. All the folks that used to be down by the dockside are in. They've been waiting for this day for months. She's been gone for such a long time. Her old co-worker is coming in to help. This place is busy, packed. It still has on her beautiful evening gown. 
Catherine is in her chef uniform, getting ready to, to prepare the best Japanese cuisine that you have ever tasted in the United States. <clears throat> Taught to her by the amazing Estelle. Estelle stands in the middle of everyone. Catherine clinks on a champagne glass to get everyone's attention. Estelle gives a speech full of heart about how she started, when she was inspired, where she trained, the difficulty of her training, the hardships of working for her own in the morning, for a restaurant at night, all while getting this place set up. It's been a long, hard road. And cherry on top, she tells everyone, when she became ill, she thought her dream was going to die. But tonight's not tonight for sad news, because with the help of Catherine and her beautiful skill and training, we are all gathered here today to have some of the best cuisine you've ever had. No doubt is as good, if not better than hers. This part of speech makes Catherine cry happy tears. And she wishes everyone a great night, great food, happy conversations. Everyone erupts in cheer and applause. Catherine nods at Estelle, turns around, because now there's some work to do. Back to the kitchen, and Estelle mingles with her guests. They pull out, fade to black, the end. There you have it. A star sushi chef and her protege. Uh, yeah. I like that story. Yeah. That was good. It's a nice, it's a little heart. Heartwarming yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. It have made one me of those feel good. I don't smiling. I didn't even know we could make something so beautiful. I thought we only made uh, stories with death, <laughs> violence, betrayal, <laughs> darkness. No, that was that was good. I like that. I like that. Now will our AI right. counterparts create such a heartwarming tale? I think they got a tall task ahead of them for Pretty this one. Easy. All right, let's see here. Can you create a story with the words black issue worm star one? See star worm gown and lemon and lime. Make the main character a master sushi chef who suffers from Parkinson's. Not gonna give it the protege angle. Right. Let's yeah, see what yeah, it comes yeah. up with. Yeah. It's yeah. our twist. Right. That's ours. All right. I'm hoping it comes up with another silly story, but <laughs> I also hope it comes up with something serious to give us some. We'll find out. What is this? Invalid URL. What? Quotes V1 incompletions. I don't know what this means. About, yeah. It, you said it was regressing and now it's regressed to the point where it thinks you're putting in a URL. Invalid URL. All right. Well, we're going to have to use a model. 3.5, the one that came up with the silly story. For that chat, T4? Yeah, 4 is the newest version. 4 has been it's, giving a lot of trouble. The quote-unquote smarter version. Yeah. 3.5 seems to have it down. I mean, it just makes random funny stories, but Tashiro. 
What do we got? Lemon, lemon sushi for Perkins. <laughs> lemon sushi for Perkins. Oh, okay. A killer title already. We're already uh, starting off on a good foot. That's either the funniest or the best title ever. I don't know. Okay. I'm just imagining what's going to... I don't... What, yeah, I'm like, what's about to happen here? Once upon a time, there was a master sushi chef named Toshiro. He had spent his whole life perfecting the art of sushi making. But in recent years, he had begun to experience symptoms of Parkinson's disease. This made it difficult for him to handle the delicate fish and rice required for his craft. Despite his lack of control, Toshiro refused to give up his passion. However, one day, an issue arose when a particularly picky customer complained that Toshiro's sushi lacked its usual precision and finesse. The customer went as far as to say that the sushi tasted like a worm. Feeling defeated, Toshiro retreated back to his kitchen to ponder his next move. That's when he noticed a small, shiny star-shaped object glinting on his counter. It was a lemon and lime squeezer, a gift from his wife that he had never used. Okay. Suddenly, a new idea struck Toshiro. He could squeeze, use the squeezer to add a touch of citrus to the sushi, which would not only mask any slight imperfections, but also enhance the flavor. He quickly put on his favorite gown and set to work. As he squeezed the lemon and lime over each piece of sushi, Toshiro's hand began to steady and his movements became more fluid. The tangy scent of the citrus filled the air and Toshiro's creative juices started to flow once again. Soon the restaurant was abuzz with excitement over the new lemon and lime sushi. <laughs> And Toshiro's confidence soared. He realized that even with Parkinson's, he could still innovate and create something new and exciting in this field. From that day on, Toshiro continued to experiment with new flavors and techniques, incorporating everything from chili flakes to coconut milk into his sushi. Ugh. He never forgot the lesson he learned that day, that sometimes a seemingly insignificant item like a lemon and lime squeezer could be the key to unlocking his creativity and overcoming his challenges. All right, well... No. That's the story of Toshiro, whose sushi tasted like a worm. Tasted like a worm, and apparently lemon and lime <laughs> is the magic ingredient that needed to happen in order for it to not taste like a worm and steady his hand, it said. <laughs> somehow. Who would have known? It cured his Parkinson's. Who would have known? Squeezing lemon and lime cures Parkinson's. You heard it here from chat GPT is no bueno. I was hoping it would make some like worm sushi as part of the silly story or something, but uh, that was also pretty silly. All right. Well, that is a clear W for us. I believe couldn't even come close, but we both use worm as an insult. That's what matters. Yeah. 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 That's true. So now we must come up with a title for our story. Ended dreams. I said Estelle dreams of sushi. Estelle sushi. Fish. I mean, that, that could work too. Fish. Filet. The protege. Ah, that's not bad. That sounds pretty nice. That's not too bad. The protege. The protege. Fish filet protege. The fish fry protege restaurant. Catherine. <laughs> that's the title right there. I, fish is pretty good too. Fish. Just fish. I kind of like the simplicity. And it's kind of like, what is That's a restaurant. Uh, a restaurant here, yeah. Yeah, it's a but like story. I like that it's some simple and it's kind of just like it still has the meaning of what it is, but you don't know like the thing with prote the protege is that it already tells you that they're some kind of structural 
learning. Someone's the math right. someone has to learn. The thing with fish is you have no idea other than fish is somehow involved of what yep. what's really going to happen. I think fish. All right. That is fish. Possibly fish. our most simplistic title yet. That's right. <laughs> Lemon sushi for Parkinson's. That's also pretty good, but uh, I don't think that <laughs> doesn't cut the cut the slice. Doesn't cut it. Doesn't cut it. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is fish. The story of our prodigy sushi chef that suffers from Parkinson's as she trains up her the next prodigy, the next generation of sushi chefs. Yep. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back next week with a new set of words, maybe some p new pictures, and a new story, as always. So, we will talk to you guys then. See ya.